church that he's your healer that he's all you need praise God that he's your portion I believe Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak to us, minister to us, release grace and anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of your word effective. In Jesus' name, every resistance to the preaching of God's word, every critical spirit, we bind them in the name of Jesus and we take victory in the house. To Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Jesus. We continue with our series, The Great Eraser, and we are in the second part of the series, series that we are talking about, The Great Eraser. Praise the Lord. Um, a quick 60-second recap, because we are, it's a building block. We'll be building on one block after the other, so it's important if you missed it, if you forgot, that you realize that we have been uh, looking into God's word and we understand the word of God in the, in, in the order that the Bible speaks about. Number one, we are talking about the great eraser. Who is the great eraser? Who is the great eraser? Jesus Christ is a great eraser. Praise God. He has cleansed us from all our sins. Praise the Lord. Okay. He's the Lord who cleanses completely. And when Jesus cleanses, we are clean, we are pure. There is no other detergent in this world that can cleanse us like the blood of Jesus. We said that everybody makes mistakes in life, but what do you do after you make mistakes in life? Praise God. We said, what is the difference between these two? The first one is a fall, it's a falter, it's an accident that has happened. The second one is a lifestyle. So God, when the Lord redeems us, he takes us out of all kinds of evil lifestyle. 
And what does he do? He, he cleanses us with his blood. Praise God. It's the powerful cleansing agent. And then we said that God has cast our confessions into the depth of the sea. And he has even put a sign, no fishing allowed. Praise God. That means what you have confessed to the Lord in your life, make sure that you don't go and dig it out. Don't let anybody else to dig out because the Lord not only forgives, he also forgets. Amen. So we move forward. Last week we looked into the next verse, which was 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. We said that God not only saves us, but he does something else. We said that Jesus redeems us and does not leave us to our old lifestyle. He redeems us and he reforms us. Titus 2.10 we said, the grace of God that has brought salvation to mankind also teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Okay, we said that Jesus has made the provision, but this is what he expects from us. My little children, I write to you so that you may not sin. Praise God. That is the expectation, and he has made provision for us. We said the Lord will not ask you to do anything that he's not able to empower you to do. Praise God. If he asks you to do something, he will give you the grace. He will make the provision for you to live a life that is a conqueror's life, a victorious lifestyle. Praise God. Gee, he expects us to repent and sin no more. We moved into the next part, which was Christ gives us a fresh start, a new beginning a new lease to life, a new leaf to life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise God. He wants us to walk in the newness of life. Praise God. He, was, he has made us new. We said that everything about us is new. Praise God. Yes, a holy God who has redeemed you can reform you. And what he expects us that we should be conformed to the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. The Lord wants us to become partakers of the divine nature of Christ. Is it possible? Yes, it is possible if we yield ourselves to him. And last week, we give, gave you an analogy as we tapped into Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Praise God. We are dead to sin. And we don't want to go back there 
again. So is it possible? Yes, it is possible. Do we have to live a monk kind of a lifestyle? Do we have to go up into the mountains, live in caves, to live a life that God has called us out to be? This is the proclamation that he makes, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a what nation? A holy nation, a peculiar people called out of darkness to declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into marvelous light. So we move on today. We move on and this is what we want to tell you that the ball is in your court. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, the ball is in your court. All right. The ball is in your court. Praise God. Amen. This is what Paul says, Therefore, since we have these promises, beloved ones, let us cleanse ourselves of every defilement of flesh and spirit, Perfecting holiness in God's fear. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Nobody wants to agree. Therefore, wherefore, therefore, wherefore. Well, that is what is written in 6, chapter 6. Verse 14 onwards, this is a continuation of what Paul was talking and we read that in chapter 6. So chapter 6 verse 14 onwards, as you read, you will understand what he is talking about. He's saying, therefore, what is he talking about? You read from 14 down, you realize what he is talking about. What is he talking about? Read verse 14 onwards. This is what he says. Do not be unequally yoked with, together with unbelievers for what? So he asked five questions there. And we're going to look into that five questions. Okay. Now look at this. This is very interesting to see. What is Paul saying? He's saying having therefore... Or therefore, since we have these promises, what is he talking about? He's saying that as God's children, as one who has received a new start in life, the Lord has cleaned us up. We got a new start in life. How do we conduct ourselves? How do we allow the word of God to govern our lives? What should be the reformation that takes place in our lives? What about the transformation that takes place in our lives? Is it just theory or does it apply to a practical life and what Paul does is he drives the point right home by making it on you and me understand or his readers to understand how does it play out in our everyday life what is the practical application to all these things that God is talking to us Praise God. This is what he asks. And he brings out, interesting, isn't it? He brings out 
five questions, okay? And he says, since we have these promises, hold the promise right there. Let's look at the premise of what he is talking about. The five questions. This is the five question. Look, the question number one, he says, what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness okay there are five questions we're going to answer this question together all right how are we going to answer it together okay this is a multiple choice you this is a what multiple choice there is two answers one is none and the other one is some so you're going to give the answer we're going to say it together so question number one is this what fellowship has righteousness with what fellowship? Hmm. What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? Answer, none or some? None. Okay, all right, okay. The next question, question number two. What communion has light with darkness? None, some. All right, okay. Do not, <laughs> the next one. What Accord has Christ with Belial, none or some. Everybody in agreement? The girls are not saying. None or, okay, I'm going to give you one more chance, all right? Okay, here we go. Okay, the next one. What part has a believer with an unbeliever? The sisters are going to say, none or some. I am really doubtful. You guys are stuck in between. Brothers, none or some. Sisters, none or some. I think you guys are afraid of being a nun. That's what it is. All right. The next one is this. Huh? What part, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? None or some. None or some. I guess we are in agreement. Praise the Lord. Hmm. So Paul is saying, listen, you know, since we have come to an agreement that we cannot be what? Having fellowship, having communion, having, being here and there, you know, he says, since we have these promises, what are the promises what are the promises the promises is he is saying God is saying what is he saying I will dwell in them walk among them I will be their God they shall be my people I will receive you I will be a father to you you shall be my sons and daughters oh man praise God I call it the precious promise and God always keeps his keeps his promise let me ask you have you been promised something by people around you maybe your friends maybe your family maybe your buddy and how does it feel when people don't keep the promises we feel what we feel sad sometimes we feel offended Sometimes there's bitterness that comes into us because we can't forgive. 
But let me assure you that God always keeps his promise. Praise God. Now we, to, we need to understand that promises are always linked to what? Linked to what? Ah, conditions. Praise God. Promises from God always leads to blessing. Hello? Hello? How many of you guys want to experience blessings that flows from the fulfillment of God's promises? Yes? No? Yes. Praise God. All right? But promises are linked to the premises or promises are always linked to conditions. When we meet the conditions, the promises are activated in our lives. It becomes alive in our lives. It ushers blessing and grace in our lives. And God wants us to be people who experience the promises of God. Praise God. Which leads to fulfillment. Which leads to contentment. Which leads to abundance of life. Which leads to fullness of life. Which leads to a victorious life. Which leads to a conqueror lifestyle how many of you guys if you were given a choice between leading a defeated disappointed depressing disgusting lifestyle versus a victorious successful conquest kind of lifestyle which one would you choose well i know i'm gonna choose the latter one not the former one praise God and that we can experience you and I can experience when we realize that promises are linked to conditions praise God and when we abide by those conditions the grace and the blessings flows into our lives praise God hallelujah so shall we move on shall we look to this Praise God. The promise, as we say, in this particular context, what it means is, he says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Praise God. God becomes our father when we receive him as our savior, when we trust in him, and when we become his child. When we receive him as the Lord and Savior, he becomes our father. Praise God. But he cannot be to us a father unless we obey him and have fellowship with him. In other words, praise God. One is talking about a salvation experience. Praise God. If you have to experience the joy, the delight, and the pleasure, and the abundance of life, you have to live in obedience and in fellowship with him. That's why John says, if we are in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look. So, what is a condition? This is what the Bible says. The Lord says what? He says, therefore, 
come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. So what is the condition here? What is the condition? Separate. Separate. Separation is the condition. If we meet that condition, praise God, the blessings of God flows into our lives. And it starts by allowing us to experience the joy in his presence, the fellowship, the unbroken fellowship. Praise God. The unstrained fellowship. Praise God. Experiencing his presence in our life. Praise God. Hallelujah. When David experienced that strain, he cried out, Lord, do not take what? Huh? Do not what? Yes. What else he said? What do you lose? The joy. The joy. You know, you see a lot of Christians, they can experience joy. You think we've been called to glum face? Hmm? Always head hanging down. What do you think the Lord has called us out for? Jesus said, I have come so that you may have life in abundance. Praise God. Overflowing life. Praise God. He wants us to experience that. That is only available when you remain in him and allow his word to remain. That means being walking in obedience to his word. Here, the Bible says, be what? Separate. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, separate. Now, if your husband is sitting next to you and your wife is say, sitting next to you, don't you tell. <laughs> I don't want nobody to take this home and say, man, the preacher said, right here is written, separate. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If salvation means we share the Father's love, separation means that we enter fully into the Father's love. Salvation is obedience to the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Now listen. What does separation mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Hmm? In essence, it means you can claim that you are walking with God and at the same time, what? Hold hands with the devil. You can't do it. It doesn't work. That's why Paul uses five 
stark contrast. Five things that are diabolically opposed to each other. And he drives the point home and he says, you know, what does light got to do with darkness? They cannot cohabit together because when you switch, you turn the light on, what happens? What happens when you turn the lights on? What happened when you hit that button? What happened? The darkness dispels. It's gone. And when you turn the light off, who comes in? So he's saying they can't live together. And he uses five examples to drive this home, saying that, you know, what God expects is people of God should separate. Now, hey, <laughs> separate does not mean isolate. God has not called us to be an isolated group of people but an insulated group of people praise God hmm? in other words it's like the doctor or the physician or the surgeon what does he do he connects but he makes sure that he does not get contaminated hello in other words you he what does he do he makes sure that he works on the patient. He does the surgery on the patient. The doctor puts his hand everywhere to check you out. So that he can, he can bring healing. He can prescribe, prescribe the right medicine to you. It is touching without being contaminated. Praise God. That's why Jesus said you are in this world but you are not of this world praise God so the ability to live praise God in a insulated way and how is that ability how is that possible it's possible when we when we prescribe to the word of God listen this is what the word of God says isn't this interesting praise God yes Look at the life of Jesus, you know. Jesus was what? Hmm? Jesus was holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners. Hebrews 7, 26. Yet, Y-E-T, Luke says, Luke 7, 34, he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So I don't want you to get, walk out of this place and say, oh, are you a Christian? No, then I ain't going to talk to you. I'm not going to shake hands with you. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. Then what are we talking about? Well, we'll come to that, what we're talking about. Listen, you know, this is what God's word says. Why do you think God gives so much premium to, to be separated? What do you think? Hmm? Look at that verse. See what he's saying. He brings the five questions in verse 16, the latter part. For you are the temple of the living God. Oh. So the question is, why separate? The answer is what? What is the answer? Why separate? Why separate? Because we are the temple of the living God. Does this truth overwhelm you? Look at yourself. The next time you are before a mirror, you look at yourself. And every time instead of asking yourself, mirror, mirror, who's the most beautiful person on this universe? 
ask yourself, look at yourself and say, me, I, I am the what? Wow, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? You are the temple of the living God. What does that mean? Here's a microphone. What does that mean? What does that mean, my man? The Holy Spirit indwells in you. Meaning, you are what? You are the carrier of the presence of God. Praise God. So you got to ask yourself. If he is in you, knowing not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and who dwells in you? The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Praise God. What does that tell you? What is expected of you? What is expected of you? Come on. Church, what is expected of you? Praise God. Because the one who indwells you is his. Jesus said, be holy. Be perfect as my father is perfect. Peter, be holy as he is holy. Praise God. Okay, <laughs> look at this. Praise God. What does that mean? Well, what does it mean is simply this, that what we do, where we go, how we behave, how you carry yourself, your interactions, your dispositions, they all matter because we are the carriers of God's presence. Praise God. Hallelujah. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Come on. How does that make you feel? Man, I did not know, man. I had no idea that I was going, what I was getting into. Does that, did that go through your mind? Or Wow. Is this really the truth? Yes, that's what God's word says. Okay, listen, what else does the Bible say? Look what it says. Come out from among them. Be separate. Do not touch what is unclean. Come out of them. Be ye separate. Means that you have to set a a boundary you know I think last year the year before we gave out during our Sunday school anniversary a book with the title what was the title brother you are the one who recommended that book you don't remember uh, boundaries how many of you guys got the book boundaries well you don't know because you never opened the what are you going to do Excellent book. Go and check it out. You can go and buy it on Amazon Kindle. Download it and read it. Boundaries. Praise God. What is the purpose of boundaries? Why do you have boundaries? Is this a boundary? Is this a boundary? Yes. What is the purpose? Huh? What is the purpose of this boundary? Keep this guy's inside is that what it is huh 
So what is the purpose of boundaries? Hmm? One separation. What else? Hmm? What else? Protection. What else? Okay. So in this premise, in this context, what does that mean? So when the Bible says, be separate, touch no unclean thing. So we are saying, when the Bible says be separate, we are saying that build a wall, erect a fence, which will keep you what? On this side of the fence. Praise God. Now, why is it important that you be on this side of the fence versus on the other side of the fence? In the context, what does it mean? Mm. Touch no unclean thing. Praise God. So, the wall is supposed to what? Hmm? Praise God. See, you know, the Bible lays down clear principles and lays down the importance of boundaries, importance of fences in our life. Whether that is in your marital life, whether that, it, that is in your business, in every phase of our lives, from spiritual life to every phase of our lives, God expects us to have boundaries. Now, the boundaries or the fence is not meant to make you feel like a prisoner. Hello? Hello? How many of you have four walls around your house? And how many of you have only a house with only a roof like this? It's like hanging from, like this lamp is hanging like this. It will keep you away from the sun. It will keep you away from the, from the rain. But there are no walls. Can you imagine a house like that? Can you imagine a house like that? What's the problem with that house? What's the problem with that house? No safety, no security. Anybody can come in and anybody can go out. Praise God. Sheena, neighbor. What's so sunny? I mean funny. Hmm. Okay, listen. So what is the purpose of boundaries in marriages? Tell me. How many of you guys who are married, how many of you girls who are married feel that those Boundaries that the Bible talks about are prison walls. If you feel that's a prison wall, then I'm telling you there is something, something, something wrong. Oh, am I making you feel uncomfortable? I don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable. The next part comes, you're going to feel good about it. Okay? They are not prison walls, but they are palace walls. Now, what's the difference between the prison walls and the palace walls? What's the difference? Come on. They both serve the purpose of keeping people in and out, but palace walls are what? Praise God. You know, keeps the unwanted out. Amen. So in marriage, we don't want any unwanted Fella, unwanted gal coming in. Hello? 
Okay, and the church said? Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Separation is a very important teaching doctrine of the scripture. If you and I have to experience the fullness of life that Jesus promised, you have to cultivate a lifestyle, a habit of separation. It starts in every areas of our lives. Praise the Lord. God is big about separation. You know where does he start with separation? Where do you think it starts with separation? Tell me. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. And then the Bible says, and God said, so he separated what? The light from, he separated the land from the, ah. So in creation itself, the expectation, and the desire of God has been manifested and in the fingerprints of God about the desire and the design of God about separation is manifested so that it can be seen. And from the Old Testament to the New Testament you see God promoting separation not isolation but separation so that we can experience the bliss and the blessing that God promises us hey guys listen to this praise God now if really believe Jesus is in you I know most of you guys don't believe it it's okay you know if the Holy Spirit indwells you you think you could be anywhere and everywhere what do you think? What do you think? All right, suppose the comfort level. Okay, the comfort level. What level? What, is, what does comfort level mean? What does comfort level mean? Huh? Zero to ten. Zero being discomfort and ten being comfort. Okay, here it is. The Holy Spirit dwells within me. And I am... Give me a place where I'm not supposed to be. You guys give me a place. Come on, give me a place where I'm not supposed to be. A bar. All right, a bar. What's wrong with a bar? What's wrong? Shebin, what's wrong with a bar? Nothing? Christopher Peter. There's no other Shebin in this house. What's wrong with the bar, my man? It's a place to hang out? That's a hard one for you guys, huh? Give me another place, guys, which is really bad. Thank God, you guys don't even know what a place. impressed I'm impressed praise God give me a bad place everybody's trying to look good now huh what what was that 
Oh my God, I wish you didn't say that. Last night, we were, we were, we were uh, not last night, the day before, we were, we were driving in uh, to Suffolk and we saw Jake's 58 and I told my wife what Jake's 58 is. And then last, last night, I just tested my wife. I said, maybe we should go to Jake's 58. She said, you go, I'm not coming. Thank you, my brother. All right, what else? Hmm. How about strip club? Well, you guys are having a hard time saying it, so I'm going to say it. My man, Jason, tell me. Tell me what will be the comfort level. It's not my comfort level, your comfort level, okay? Don't look at Jason like, oh, Jason did something. Jason didn't do anything, okay? What do you think will be the comfort level of the one who is in me? Who is in me? Who is in me? Holy Spirit. Now, if I am in a strip club, what will be the comfort level of Holy Spirit in me? Zero to ten. Huh? What was that? Oh, my goodness. The sisters are big on this. I knew that. They're going to put their foot down and say, no way, Jose. It's not going to happen. Praise God. All right. All right. Listen to me. What am I trying to say is separate, touch, no unclean thing. Now, for you to touch something unclean, what does that mean? What does that imply? That implies that the proximity. Okay. Suppose, suppose this is something that I should not touch. And the Bible says, touch no unclean thing. Imagine this is unclean, okay? All right. Touch no unclean thing. When do I touch? When I draw closer, 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 finally I... But suppose there is a wall here, the wall of separation. All right? There is a wall of separation, and I am told that I'm not supposed to touch. All right. Guys, this is it. Here it is. I have a six-foot wall here. All right? And a little sign that says, touch no unclean thing. Now, how far can I come? I can come to the wall, I see, because I have put a wall here. She says, I'm not going to go any further. Suppose this is my wall. How many like, like this wall? This is the wall, and this is right here. And touch no unclean thing. Now, what is the difference between the six-foot wall that was here and this wall that is here? What's the difference? Tell me, what's the difference? Huh? What's the difference? Huh? This is more accessible. They both are keeping me away, but this is more accessible. Thank you, brother. You're praising God from the back there. Amen. This is more Accessible, meaning what? What does that mean? It means that I have a greater potential to touch. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we're going to conclude right here. I know you're going to come next week. You want to hear the next part, which is much better than this. All right? How close is your wall? 
Do you have a fence that separates you from the Bible, from the things that the Bible forbids you from? Do you? This, take, this can take you to, the, to, your wor- to a virtual world. This is a blessing. I know all, there, there's so many of the guys in the church are involved in the, 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 the read the Bible in a year plan. Praise God for you guys. But do you have any fence that would help you to keep yourself away? So that you can continue to experience the presence of God. So that you can continue to enjoy the presence of God. So that you can continue to celebrate in the presence of God. So that you can come into the presence of God and say, Jesus, I love you. Without feeling anything odd. Praise God. All eyes closed. How close is your wall? Do you have a wall? Wall that separates you from anything and everything that the word of God forbids. From your spiritual life, Look, look into your family. Look into your personal, private, confidential life and lifestyle. Look into your social life. Look into your business life. Can we pray, Lord? Give me grace that I may maintain that wall that separates me from being contaminated. My little children, I write this to you so that you may not sin. Thank you, Jesus. But for some reason, The wall came tumbling down. Some reason, the wall was too close. We have an advocate with the Lord Jesus who speaks on your behalf. Thank you. Before he speaks on your behalf. Do you have something to tell him? If you do. Talk to him. It's private. It's between you and him. (laughs) Praise God. Finish it off before you walk out of this place. So that you can experience liberty. Freedom, joy, light, love, laughter in your soul. Jesus came to set you free. He who the sun sets free is free 
indeed. My Father, we thank you and we praise you. I commit every brother, every sister, every young man, young lady, every man, every woman in this house into your hands, Father. Lord, we are so privileged that you allow us to be the carriers of the presence of God, that your spirit indwells us, but Lord, we are overwhelmed. We stand in awe when we think the Lord abides within us and therefore help us to understand comprehend grasp what is the great responsibility that you have given us so that we will experience that unbroken fellowship with you thank you sprinkle the blood of Jesus cleanse us as we go about this week, Lord, we want to be victorious. We want to be among the conquerors. Let none fall, falter, but let everyone experience joy in abundance, life in abundance, that Christ's name will be glorified through our lives. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. Send us home with your blessings. May grace abound. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with us for now and forevermore. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you all. Thank you.